it's definitely not looking at it from that perspective. It's actually a really empowering concept. Once you understand the concept fully, it is so empowering and it actually gives you back your power rather than letting other people take it away from you. Welcome to the Success Club, the podcast where we delve into all things business, marketing, mindset, and how to succeed as an entrepreneur. I'm your host, Shakira Jade multiple seven-figure business owner and business coach with a passion for helping people succeed and blaze their own trail in business. If you are ready to up-level your skills, your mindset, and step into your next level self, then you've come to the right place. Think of me as your business bestie as we navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and life. Each week, I'll be taking you through business strategies, along with resources and actionable steps so that you can make your wildest dreams a reality. I invite you to be a part of the Success Club by subscribing to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for pressing play today. And now let's get into it. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today's episode is all about my secret sauce for success in business. So I wanted to do a little bit of a mysterious tagline for this episode because I thought if I put the actual tagline, you might not want to click on it because it's a little bit of a hard truth that you might need to hear. So the concept for today's episode is all about how to take 100% responsibility for your life. And yes, it might be a little bit of a tough love episode. It might be a little bit hard to hear, a little bit difficult to listen to in parts, but I am here to be your accountability buddy and to kind of hold you to your own standard and to just really be a mirror to reflect back to you what might be going on in your life or maybe things that you aren't potentially taking accountability for. So I'm here to just give you a little bit of tough love and walk you through some of the ways that I have found taking accountability has really helped me in my life and in my business. I also just want to preface this episode as well by saying that don't think of taking accountability as a negative concept. So don't look at this episode as, oh my goodness, I'm doing everything wrong. Everything is my fault. I am completely to blame. It's definitely not looking at it from that perspective. It's actually a really empowering concept. Once you understand the concept fully, it is so empowering and it actually gives you back your power rather than letting other people take it away from you. So just keep in mind, it's a really powerful concept and it is going to be so amazing once we go through this. So stick with me, even if it's a little bit hard to hear at times. So something I see a lot in business and in life and 100% something I am guilty of myself is expecting that someone is going to save you, either someone or something is going to save you. So it's kind of expecting that someone is going to come along and they're going to give you everything that you've been looking for. And this can show up in different areas of our life. It might be if you're single, you might be feeling like someone's going to come along. Like for a woman, you might be thinking that knight in shining armor is going to come along, ride in on his horse and he's going to save me and he's going to love me and give me all the attention and love and care for my needs, give me everything I want. Or it could be in business. You might be thinking, I'm going to have this perfect employee that shows up into my business who is so flawless, who 
helps me raise the sales, raise the standard, raise everything, you know, who's absolutely amazing, who takes full responsibility for all their actions, someone who's just absolutely perfect. Or it could even be as simple as wanting something like wanting money or wanting success and thinking once I make a hundred thousand dollars, then I'll be happy. It could be something like wanting success, for instance, money and thinking once I make a hundred thousand dollars, then I'll be happy. And once I get to that level, then I'll be good. But all these things are going to come to me and they're just going to come sweeping in and I'm going to wait for those things to happen to me. The other part of this is the blame game. A lot of us want to blame someone or something for our circumstances. So it might be your parents. This is something a lot of people blame their parents for their upbringing. It could be your boss. Maybe that's the reason why you feel like you're unhappy in your career, or it could be your partner. Maybe they just aren't doing things right, or they're not fulfilling you. So you feel like they're the problem that you're not happy. So you feel like they're the reason you're not happy. It could also be your children. Maybe you're blaming your children because you can't go and do the things you want to do or you can't live the life you want to live because of your children. It could be the economy, maybe because the economy is not good. You're blaming that for your business not doing well. It could be your competition. Maybe you're blaming them because they are just too good and they're just killing it. And that's they're taking all the customers and it's leaving none for you. You get my point of what I'm saying. There is always someone or something externally from ourselves that it's just so much easier to blame them for what's not going right in our life or in our business. So I want to start out by defining what 100% responsibility really is. So at its most basic level, taking 100% responsibility means owning your actions. So every decision that you make, every step that you take, whether it results in a success or a failure, you acknowledge that it is a direct consequence of your choices. So it's about saying, yes, I did this. This was my choice. And I'm in this position because of the choice that I made. And this could be a triumph or it could be a misstep. But whatever has happened, it is on me. The responsibility is on me. And some examples of this might be if you're out of shape and you want to get back into shape, it is 100% up to you whether you wake up in the morning and go to the gym or you decide to stay in bed and sleep a little bit longer. If you want to grow your business and you say that you don't have the time, but you can tell me the entire season of a new series on Netflix, but you say you don't have time to work on your business, that's 100% your choice. You can choose not to watch TV and you can decide to work on your business. These are the kinds of things I'm talking about that are 100% within your control and things that you can decide for yourself. I want to make it clear that I'm absolutely not talking about things that are out of control. There are definitely things that happen to us in life and in business, and they are 100% out of our control. For instance, in business, you might have an employee who is stealing from you or doing something really bad. And that is something that is not within your control. Like, yes, of course, you want to take measures to make sure you have stock take and you have cash reports and end of day reports and you want to do all those kinds of things. But if someone decides to steal from you, that is not your fault and that is not on you. That is completely out of your control. And I want you guys to have really good discernment when you're listening to this episode. I'm definitely not talking about things that are done to us that are totally out of control, but it's about looking at the things that are within our control that we can change and the outcomes that we can change because we are actually in control of the situation. Taking 100% responsibility is more than just accountability for our actions. It's about owning every aspect of our lives. So that's our feelings, our thoughts, our actions, our reactions, 
And then of course, the outcomes of those decisions. So imagine your life as a ship. If you are a ship sailing through the night, are you letting the currents decide where you're going to end up? So you're not controlling the ship. You're just letting the currents take you wherever you may end up. Or are you at the steering wheel directing the ship towards your desired destination? This is what taking accountability for your actions is like. It's just about thinking of your life as a ship. It's about getting on that steering wheel and taking action and going in the direction that you want to go instead of letting other people or other things decide for you. To give you a good example, let's say you're running late for a business meeting. You could very easily blame traffic. And I'm sure wherever you live, there is always traffic and it's an easy thing to blame. But you could also take 100% accountability and acknowledge that maybe you should have left earlier or maybe you should have checked Google Maps to see how long it was going to take and check the traffic updates before you left. That is taking 100% responsibility and understanding that, yes, there are things that are out of our control, but we can decide what time we leave. We can get there early. We can check the traffic updates. All of those things are within our control. Once you stop blaming outside external things for the actions or for the outcomes of your life, it just gives you this immense amount of power and freedom because you realize that all these things that you were previously blaming on other people or other things are actually things that you can change and that you can do something about to make a different outcome. And there is so much power in that feeling of just knowing that you're in control of your life and you're in control of the decisions that you make. Another thing that you can start to master once you take accountability is how you react to things. So this is a very challenging one because often we want to react in the heat of the moment. We want to react quickly to things, but this is really an area where we can start to slow down and learn how to master our reactions. Of course, life is so unpredictable. We never know what's going to happen and things won't always go the way that you plan. And of course you can't control all events and you can't always control all of your reactions. But when you start to take 100% responsibility, you don't just react impulsively. You start to react with mindfulness, understanding and strategy. And when we embrace that belief that life happens for me, our reactions, especially to negative things or adversities, can be channeled towards growth and understanding that this is not something that is happening to you, but something that is happening for you. Before we deep dive into the mechanics of reactions, it's really important to understand the significance of a pause. So when you're faced with a challenge or you're faced with making a decision, taking a moment to just breathe and process allows the space to choose our response rather than just reacting impulsively. So for example, if you receive a harsh critique about a project or something you were working on, your immediate reaction might be to be defensive and shut down the relationship or to defend yourself and say, give an explanation. But if you take a deep breath and pause and then think about what you want to say to respond, that is going to lead to a far more constructive conversation than just immediately blurting out what you are thinking. And of course, in order to 
master our reactions, we really have to look at our emotional intelligence. This really plays a crucial role in mastering our reactions and how we respond to things. It's just about recognizing our emotions and then understanding the source of those emotions so that we can manage them in a way that aligns with what we want. So for example, if you have a business deal or a business relationship that goes wrong and it's not going in a good direction, Instead of becoming really frustrated, someone with a high emotional intelligence might analyze their emotions and then understand the root cause and channel that energy into a better strategy or into a better way rather than sitting there and dwelling on why the other person was wrong or why the thing didn't work out, thinking about their emotions and thinking about where it comes from. And this is something I try to do in my business. I find it's always really hard when an employee wants to leave the business, especially when they're a really good employee and someone I don't want to lose. I find it really difficult to let them go. But something I've learned over the years is when someone wants to leave, my first reaction is always now, didn't used to be this way, but now it is, what could I have done better? What could I have done as a leader in order to help this person want to stay or in order to give them the tools or the support they need to do their job properly and to be really happy and fulfilled and ask myself those questions instead of going immediately to, I can't believe they want to leave. This is the best place they're ever going to work. I'm the best boss they've ever had. And immediately thinking all of these thoughts about why would they want to do that or, you know, getting defensive and any of those things, I always try to look at what I potentially could have done in the situation to change the outcome. And of course, there's sometimes situations where someone leaves because they want to do a completely different career path or they're moving away. There's all these things that are completely out of my control. But what is the point in me sitting there thinking about all those things that are out of my control when I could be spending my time constructively thinking about what is in my control and what can I actually do to change this outcome next time this situation happens. It's such a more powerful way of thinking and a way more beneficial way of thinking than going immediately to the negative or to defensive or to blaming other people. It's also really beneficial if we can have a growth mindset in situations like these. So if you have the belief that your abilities and your intelligence can be developed over time through learning and through hard work, then you're going to become more adaptable in your reactions. So you'll start to see challenges as opportunities rather than just an indication of a failure. An example of this might be a writer, for instance, if they're writing a book and they're sending it out to multiple publishers, they might look at each publisher that says no as a setback and refine their strategy, refine their manuscript, go back to the drawing board and tweak a few things rather than seeing all of those no's as evidence of them not being talented or evidence of them not being good enough. You can take a no or a setback as a way to just tweak and refine your strategy, not as evidence of you not being good or your business not being good enough or any of those things. It's about reframing those things that happen to us and trying to put them in a sense of what can we learn from this? What could we be doing better? What can we do next time as opposed to that negative spiral? 
Another thing we can do is reframe the narrative. So often our reactions to situations are rooted in the stories that we tell ourselves. But if we consciously reframe these narratives, we can shift from a reactive state to a proactive one. An example of that might be instead of thinking this always happens to me or why does this always happen to me after something happens, something negative happens, you could think this is an opportunity for me to learn something new. This is an opportunity for me to go in a different direction. There's a saying that when one door closes, another one opens or when one window closes, another one opens, something like that. But it's so true. How can we look at situations or setbacks that happen to us as an opportunity for something new? I've actually had so many examples of this in my business when it comes to team members as well. There's been situations where someone has left and I have been so devastated and thought, how am I going to find someone to replace them? You know, they're so amazing. And I've just looked at the negative and I've been so concerned about it. And I've had another person come into that position and do an even better job than the person was doing before on a level that I didn't even know was possible before because I hadn't seen that yet. So sometimes we just need to give it time and we just need to wait to see what the outcome will be. We don't always know immediately what the outcome is going to be, but it's about having that patience and just trusting that you will get there in the end. That will really help. We can also build resilience through exposure. So one of the most effective ways to master our reactions is through exposure to challenging situations. Over time, the more we face, like the more problems we face, and consciously practice our reactions, we build resilience and we become less rattled by future challenges. Think about someone who does a lot of public speaking. If you have ever done public speaking, I'm sure that you are somewhat nervous about it and afraid to do so. But the more that you expose yourself to speaking in front of crowds and then understanding your feelings and your nervous system, the more confident you'll become When you go to do future speaking arrangements, mastering our reactions doesn't mean suppressing our emotions or just not caring about challenges. It's about understanding your internal processes and really cultivating that growth mindset and using every single experience that comes your way as a stepping stone in the right direction. When we truly believe that life happens for me, our reactions, even to adversities, can become powerful tools for our transformation. I also want to talk about the victim versus the victor mentality. So have you ever met someone that just constantly blames everyone and everything for their misfortunes? I'm sure if you think about it, there's some person in your life, past or present, that blames everyone and everything for their situation. It is never their fault. They are never wrong. They never take accountability. And it's obviously so frustrating, but that is the victim mentality. And it's not an attractive quality. It's not someone that we want to be around. It's not really a nice thing to be exposed to. But if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you really have to embrace that victor mentality. So this is where you recognize you have the power to change and adapt to different circumstances. And it's about saying I'm in control of my life and I'm in control of my business and the outcome. Those people with a victim mentality often feel that life happens to them and everything is happening to them. And why do these things always happen to me? But on the flip side, those with a victim mentality believe that life happens for them. So in entrepreneurship, viewing challenges as just these lessons 
for growth can be a real game changer. An example of this is when Apple faced massive criticism for removing the headphone jack. I don't know if you remember that, but I remember that very clearly and everybody was very upset and very annoyed. But instead of playing the victim to that situation, they actually decided to present AirPods and presented a wireless way of, you know, using headphones that completely shifted the entire market. So they used all that negative backlash to channel into something really positive and really, I'm sure, financially beneficial for them. So we want to have a look at situations and think, what can I turn this into? Or what opportunity is there hidden? Even if we don't see it right away, spending that time for looking for those opportunities is so crucial. My last episode, I talked all about success leaves clues, and this is very similar. This is a situation where we want to look for what we can control in a situation and how we can change the outcome through our actions. In a fast-paced world, time is everything. And for busy business owners like you, efficiency is key. That's why I use Flowdesk, the ultimate email building platform designed to save you time and skyrocket your business success. With Flowdesk, creating stunning emails is a breeze. Say goodbye to complicated interfaces and coding. Flowdesk's user-friendly editor empowers you to design captivating emails in minutes. They also have amazing automations which help you to save time and money. If you've ever gotten an email from me, you would have seen the beautiful design as I use Flowdesk for all my emails. Flowdesk offers a vast collection of templates crafted to match your brand's unique style. If you are interested in trying Flowdesk on a free trial, you can go to shakirajade.com forward slash Flowdesk to find out more or use my code shakirajade at checkout to save 50% off your first year. Join myself and thousands of other entrepreneurs who use and trust Flowdesk. I want to also talk about life happens for me as well. Again, this is something I heard from Tony Robbins. I feel like I talk about him all the time, but I, I just really do love him. And he has so many good quotes, but that was the first time I ever heard that quote about life happens for me. And of course, at first glance, this might sound really optimistic and maybe even a little bit naive, but if we dive deeper, we find out that this perspective isn't actually about optimism. It's a transformative mindset that changes how we perceive challenges and opportunities in our life. Now, consider an example of two entrepreneurs. Let's just say one is facing a business failure. He might be saying, why does this always happen to me? Whereas the other one who's also facing a business failure could say, what can this teach me about business or about myself? The first one's coming from a victim perspective, while the second one is going to take lessons and strength from that experience and work out what not to do next time. I recently went to an event with Gary V and he was asking questions to people in the audience. And one man got up there and he was saying he was in his forties or fifties and he'd had two failed businesses. And he was now into his third business because he didn't give up. He really wanted to be a business owner. And he was saying how now his third business has finally succeeded. He was doing hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales. And it was so heartwarming to see. It was so brave of him as well to get up there and talk about the fact that he had experienced failures and things that had not gone his way, but he didn't stop. And he also said, I learned in those first two businesses what not to do. I learned so many lessons. And he said, I don't look at that as a failure. I just look at it as lessons learned. And now I'm in my third business. It's successful. 
and I'm killing it and I'm so happy and I'm so proud. And I just think that is so powerful to have someone who can look at their life experience like that. That is the way to success. He is now succeeding. It might have taken him a long time, but he kept at it and he had that right mentality. Another reason that this life happens for me is so powerful is because it's just about perspective. How we frame experiences in our mind has a significant impact on our emotional and psychological well-being. If we believe that life's events are orchestrated for our benefit, even if we don't immediately see how, then we approach situations with curiosity instead of dread. So for example, if you were going through a breakup, rather than spiraling into thoughts of unworthiness or thinking, why does this always happen to me? I'm so heartbroken. You might want to stop and think, what did this relationship teach me? And how has it prepared me for a better future relationship? What lessons did I learn that I can now take into another relationship and be an even better partner and an even more emotionally intelligent partner? You also start to become more action oriented when you have this way of thinking. So when you believe that life happens for you, you're more proactive. Instead of waiting for things to change, you take charge, you take control and you find that silver lining in every lesson or every circumstance and you use that to propel yourself forward. It also helps you to cultivate gratitude. So even when you're facing challenges or difficult times, when you believe that life is working for your good, you tend to appreciate the small wins and the small victories and even the setbacks because we start to see their long-term value. For example, if someone loses their job and they're so devastated about it, I'm sure that in time they will realize that they got a better job or they went down a different path. And that moment or that decision or that thing that happened to them actually pushed them towards pursuing a passion for something that they previously neglected or down a different road that they never saw coming. I've definitely had that experience in my own life. I know growing up, I didn't want to be in hair and beauty and makeup. I didn't ever plan to be in this industry. I actually wanted to be an architect and I still have a very strong interest in architecture and design and interior decorating and all those kinds of things. But I just kind of fell into the industry that I was in. And I actually had some really mean bosses when I was doing my time and when I was first starting out in the industry. And I I have been fired before from jobs. And at the time, of course, it was devastating and I was really unhappy. But now that I look back, it led me to where I am. It led me down the path of where I am now. And if I didn't go through all those experiences, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. And I know that sounds so cliche and I didn't realize that at that time, but it also really gave me this passion for business and wanting to be an entrepreneur. I had such bad experiences that I did not want to work for anybody else. I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to create my own schedule, have my own freedom. And I almost feel like if I didn't go through those really bad times and those really bad workplaces and those bad bosses, I wouldn't have that drive to be who I am today because I could never imagine working for someone else. The point that I'm at in my life and after having my own business for 16 years, there is just no way I could ever go back to working for someone else. And anytime things would get hard in my business or I wanted to give up, I'd always think about that possibility of going back to working for somebody else and thinking maybe I just throw the towel in with my business and I go get a regular job 
But the thought of doing that was like the worst thing that could possibly happen to me because of those bad experiences. So it kept me going during those hard times. Now, of course, when I first got fired from that job, I didn't know that 10 years later, I'd be running my own business and it would make me into that person that I was at that point in time. But that is why we need those experiences. That's sometimes why we have to have those lows so that we can experience those highs. And we don't always see it at the time, but if we're aware of this and we're aware that life happens for us, that there is some lesson or there is something good that is going to come out of this situation, it just makes everything so much easier and so much less painful. So just remember, life happens for me is more than just this feel good phrase. It's actually a paradigm shift and it's a choice to view life as a journey instead of a punishment or instead of something that is happening to us. It actually really helps to serve us and shape us and teach us and guide us towards our best self. So going back to taking 100% responsibility for your life, I'm going to talk about a couple of different mindset shifts as an entrepreneur that will help propel you towards success. The first one is embracing uncertainty. So if you're going to step into the entrepreneurial world, you just have to accept that you're stepping into the unknown. Markets can change overnight. Consumer behaviors can shift very rapidly. Your business model might need to be completely reinvented. And taking 100% responsibility means not being paralyzed by this uncertainty, but instead leveraging it to your benefit. So instead of asking, why is this happening? The entrepreneurial mindset would say, how can we adapt to this? What can we do to be proactive in this situation? It's far more of a proactive stance than a reactive stance. The second mindset shift is taking lessons from our failures. So just understand straight up failures, setbacks, and mistakes are not inevitable. They are going to happen. It is 100% going to happen in your business. You will make mistakes. They might cost you a lot of money. You will go wrong at some point in time, but Every failure is a lesson that is disguised. It's actually a feedback mechanism. So if you start to look at failures as feedback, you can start to take responsibility and view these not as dead ends, but as detours. So it's not the end of the road. It's just directing you in a different way. And it's guiding you towards a more refined strategy or a better solution, something that you hadn't even thought of before. The third part is the power of choice. So taking responsibility also means recognizing the power of choice. So as an entrepreneur, we understand that we can't control every single thing that happens, but we can control our reactions, our decisions and our next steps. So that might be pivoting a business model or redefining or redoing a product or maybe seeking a new type of customer or a new type of market that you want to enter into. The choices that you make in response to the challenge is what's going to actually define the trajectory of your business. So they're really crucial moments to think about decisions. And if you're going to sit there and get so caught up in all the things that have gone wrong, all the money that you've lost, all the devastation of a team member that you've lost, you're wasting your time and your energy on the wrong things. You want to be looking at it as what lesson can I learn? What can I do differently next time? How can I make a good decision now that's going to change this trajectory of my business? The fourth thing is building resilient teams. So an entrepreneur's perspective on responsibility doesn't just stay 
confined to them. It permeates through to their teams. So when you as a leader take responsibility, it fosters this culture where everyone feels safe and empowered to take responsibility. They also feel that they can contribute and innovate and problem solve. It creates this environment where everyone is a stakeholder and they're interested in the success of the business and they're also solution providers. So something I always try to do in my business is be the first to own up. If I make a mistake or I do something wrong, I will gladly say I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. And I'm also very open to accepting feedback from my management team. I often ask them for feedback. I will say, how could I be a better leader? Or what do you think is the right decision to make in this circumstance? I really open myself up to that feedback. And I've honestly received some really good feedback from my team over the years. Sometimes it's hard to hear. Sometimes they'll tell me something. And at first I'm like, oh no, I don't do that. That's not me. That can't be true. But then upon further reflection, a lot of the time they actually are right. And there is something that I could be doing better, or there's a way that I could be handling situation in a better perspective. So you want to make sure you're always opening yourself up to feedback, not just constantly giving feedback to your team and constantly telling them what they should be doing and how they could be doing things better, but make it a two-way street and open up that conversation, invite them to be a part of it where they feel that they can come to you with their feedback, because I guarantee you that is going to lead to such a strong leadership or management team, and you'll be able to improve yourself as a leader. And the fifth part of this is the long game perspective. So remember, entrepreneurship is not a sprint. It is a marathon, a very long, very tiring, very full on marathon. (laughs) But if you take 100% responsibility, you are acknowledging that commitment to the long term goals. It's about understanding that success is not a linear path. It's a complex journey. It is up and down. And it is like being on a roller coaster constantly. But all of this contributes to your growth and to the evolution of your business. It's about maintaining that focus on the vision, irrespective of the short term challenges that come along. So try to think of it as a toolkit. Taking 100% responsibility is not just a mindset. It's actually a toolkit for navigating challenges, for finding new opportunities and for just continually growing. It's that compass that guides the entrepreneurship through the stormy seas and it always finds the right direction. It's always heading where you want it to go. Now, before I wrap up this episode, I want to go over a couple of misunderstandings about taking 100% responsibility, because these might be some things that you might have thought of throughout the episode. And I just want to clear these things up. So number one, it's not about self-blame. First and foremost, Taking responsibility is not the same as self-blame. And I can understand why it would be easy to mistake the idea of owning up to your actions or berating yourself for certain things. But when we talk about responsibility, we're highlighting the power and control you have over your actions and your reactions. It's absolutely not about beating yourself up over your mistakes. It's about learning from them and then pivoting accordingly. Misunderstanding number two is that you are ignoring external circumstances. This misconception comes from the fact that we could be potentially ignoring what's going on in the outside world and we're pretending that it doesn't exist. But this actually could not be further from the truth. We can't control everything that happens to us, but we can control how we react. So we are recognizing that there are external factors and things that we can't control. 
but we're also understanding our role that we play in taking taking responsibility and our response to those things. That is the true essence of 100% responsibility. Misunderstanding number three is overburdening yourself. So some people might worry that taking 100% responsibility means carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders and potentially leading to burnout. But true responsibility also involves understanding your own limits, understanding that you should be seeking help when you need it, and also making sure you make time for self-care. It's not about doing everything. It's just about ensuring that whatever you do or whatever approach you take, it's done with integrity and commitment and accountability. And misunderstanding number four is that it's a one-time decision. So some people believe that taking responsibility is just a one-time thing, but in reality, it's actually a daily practice. So it's a commitment that we have to renew every single morning, every single day, and consistently choosing to be the captain of the ship, choosing to be in control of our life and the decisions that we make, rather than letting that ship just float through the sea. So to wrap up the episode, I'm going to talk about some action steps and takeaways. So if we want to embrace 100% responsibility, we can start by number one, creating self-awareness. So we want to look at ourselves, really, truly look at ourselves, look at the areas of our life where potentially we maybe are not taking responsibility and start to focus on those things and look at how we can have different reactions or just start to get curious about what could I potentially be doing better or what could I potentially change or tweak that is going to lead to a different outcome. Secondly, we want to be practicing mindfulness to be present and understand our reactions. If we are really living in the present and we're really aware of ourself, that will help us to understand our reactions and to look a little bit deeper. If you start to feel a negative reaction coming on or you do potentially have a negative reaction, later you can go back and think about what was that underlying deeper emotion that caused me to act that way and to have this kind of a reaction and really try to work through those emotions internally. Number three is seeking feedback and being open to change. So as I mentioned earlier, I am always seeking feedback. Oddly enough, I really love being given feedback. I don't know why, but I just love when someone points something out to me because I feel like it's an opportunity to learn. And of course, sometimes I don't agree with what people say. Sometimes someone will give me feedback and I've gone away and thought about it and thought, no, actually, I don't want to take that feedback on. I like the decision that I'm making. I like where I'm at with this certain thing and I don't want to take that on. But at least I've had the opportunity to do that. I would rather have that opportunity than for them to never say anything and for me to never know or never have that piece of wisdom coming from that other person. So being open to feedback and open to change is a really important part of this. And number four is setting clear intentions and goals. Of course, I've talked about this in my goal setting episode, but we need to know where we're going. If we want to direct that ship in the right direction, we have to know where we're going. So that's where setting those intentions and having those goals in place will make sure that we can put that ship on the right trajectory to get us to where we want to be. And number five is celebrating small wins and learning from challenges. So no matter how big or small a success might be, make sure you celebrate it. Make sure you pat yourself on the back for taking responsibility, for taking those actions to get you to where you want to be. 
And of course, learning from challenges. Try not to look at setbacks or things that come your way as a negative thing and think, why does this always happen to me? Remember that life happens for me and life happens for you and look for the silver lining in those challenges and setbacks. And just remember, the road to being an entrepreneur is one of courage and resilience. And as I've mentioned, it's a roller coaster. It's a lot of up and downs. But by taking 100% responsibility for our lives, we don't just get fulfillment in our entrepreneurial life and in our business. We also get personal fulfillment. It's really something we can use across business, across our personal life, and it really is so fulfilling. So just try to remember every challenge is an opportunity in disguise and it has the power to transform you and to transform the trajectory of your life and of your business. I would love to know your thoughts on this episode. If you enjoyed this episode and if it resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Definitely send me a DM on Instagram. I love hearing from you guys. And honestly, when you give me feedback about the podcast, see here, I am actually asking for feedback. I genuinely do love it. It really helps me know what content I should be making and what kind of episodes that I should be making. I have been making some more of these personal development episodes because A lot of you have commented to me that you really like these personal development style episodes. So I am going to try to incorporate more of these into the podcast. So if you like this one, definitely send me a message. I would love to know, and I'd love to know your take on it. Are there areas of your life where you are taking responsibility that you'd like to share with me, or maybe a breakthrough moment that you had where you realized that you weren't taking responsibility, but now you are, and you see the power in it. I would absolutely love to hear from you. So definitely hit me up. And now it's time for my favorite things. So for this week, I want to talk about investing in your environment and investing in a good setup. So recently I posted on my Instagram that I got some new podcasting equipment. I got some new lights and I actually am using them right now because I do record my podcast on video and audio as well. But I have this cool microphone boom arm which sits on my desk, which is amazing because my microphone was always sitting on my desk before and it was getting in the way and I'd always have to move the cords around, but now it's on this boom arm. It's so easy. And I actually use this microphone for all of my zoom calls. So it's really convenient for me to just have it on this arm that I can swing around, move out of the way when I don't need it. And then I also ordered two lights. So they're these big flat panel led lights and they sit behind my desk And previously I was using a ring light and I'd have to pull it out and get it all set up and then put it away. But I ordered these lights that sit on the desk. They clip onto the desk and I can just switch them on and off. They look really clean and I'm not having to set them up and down all the time. And then I also redid my office. I got a nice backdrop so that I could feel really good and just have really nice Zoom meetings and be able to do all my recordings here and just have a really nice backdrop. And it's such a small thing, but it genuinely makes me feel so good. I feel like when I'm getting on a meeting now, people always comment like, oh my goodness, your house is so nice. Your background is so nice. And I really just feel like it elevates my space and it positions me as a person of authority and as a high end business coach, which is how I want to be perceived. If I just had like a really messy background with like nothing going on, that is definitely going to be a first impression or some sort of impression that people might have of me. And I don't want that. I want their impression to be good. I want them to see my background as being high end. It looks expensive. It looks really polished. And that's exactly what I wanted. So I just want to talk about 
investing in things that you love that create a good environment. So that might be creating a space in your house that is your workspace. If you don't have a whole bedroom as your workspace, maybe there is a zone of your house that you can make so beautiful. You can get the kind of desk you want. You can have a nice setup and you don't have to spend a lot of money. I ordered all of this equipment on Amazon and I got it sent straight to my house. It didn't cost a lot, but it makes such a big difference. My lighting is now good. My audio is so crisp and clear. And it just makes me feel good. So I want to encourage you guys to think about things where you could just invest perhaps a little bit of money to create an environment or create a space that makes you feel really good and puts you in that zone of genius a lot quicker. Because I know personally, my environment really affects where I'm at mentally. Like my surroundings really do affect me. And I learned that a long time ago. And I've always made it a priority to make my workspace somewhere that I absolutely love being. That's like a safe haven that as soon as I walk in, I feel ready to go and I want to work as opposed to somewhere that's messy or disorganized or ugly looking. I want everything to look nice and be very aesthetically pleasing to get me into that mind frame. So that is one of my favorite things. Just a random little tip for you guys. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll be back here again next week. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it or got some value from it, please share it with a friend who you think might like it also. If you're feeling extra generous, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps me to reach more people and spread my message to those who need it the most when growing their business. Thanks once again, and I'll see you here next week.